Hey guys, welcome to Feeling Twisty. This is Mike. Can I get an amen? Yes, sir. So if you grew up in church, like I did, you've heard amen all the time. And even if you weren't in church, you've heard people pray. And honestly, when I, growing up in church, I just thought that was um, the way the pastor or whoever was praying. It was just a signal to everybody else. Okay, you can lift your heads up. I'm done praying the end, just a way to mark the ending of the prayer. I never really gave it any thought until I was an adult, until recent years, you know, really looking into words and meanings of words in the Bible. And that word is a Hebrew word that means verily or truly. It means, uh, it's also used to mean, you know, as an interjection, so be it, or certainly. So in knowing when I discovered the meaning of that word, it shed a whole new light on prayer and what they're talking about in the Bible. When they're talking about prayer and praying, and we end that prayer with amen, it's not so much the word saying it out loud, because outward spoken prayers so everybody can hear you isn't what the Bible's talking about, and it's not what I'm talking about. It's that movement, that movement in your mind, because prayer means motion toward, accession to, vicinity of. You're moving. You're moving in your imagination into that new state of mind, that new state of being, into that, the state of your wish, your desire fulfilled. There's a movement. And so the amen at the end is not just a word to say the, to mark the ending of your prayer. It's a feeling. You know you're done in imagination. You're done when you have that feeling of this is the truth. This is the certainty. So be it. I have spoken. It is done. It is finished. So it's not the word. It's the feeling that's reached. And that's when you, you know you successfully moved in imagination. When you have that feeling of it's done. And there's no desire to go further because you know you've gotten it. I know when I used to dwell on a scene i would something i wanted and i would get quiet and go into imagination and enter the the picture whatever scene or feeling that i imagined implying my wish is fulfilled and i would just i would just go and go and go and just keep just kind of stomp all over it you know not really paying attention to the feeling. I would just go until I was exhausted, having passed up that feeling, but then immediately started doubting. Well, maybe I didn't do it just right. Let me get that feeling one more time. <laughs> so when we say amen at the end of, end of a prayer, it has nothing to do with outward prayers, like at a church or any, any public place or at home. It's the feeling you get of doneness, this is the truth of the matter. Whatever that is that I'm praying for, that I'm moving an imagination toward, whatever state I'm entering 
is my truth now. This is the truth. This is the reality. And the Bible talks about, uh, see, in Revelation, I don't really, you know, I, as a kid, I was terrified of Revelation. You know, I saw those, remember those movies that came out, I think, in the 70s or 80s? Uh, about, I think one was called Tribulation, and oh, it was awful. They were chopping people's heads off if you didn't take put the 666 on your forehead. There was one that, uh, I remember one scene in the movie, this scared the crap out of me. There was a lady who was a Christian, and these, you know, non-Christians who were working for the beast or did they work for the beast or for Satan or the Antichrist? I don't know. They were the bad, bad guys. And so they had this Christian under a guillotine, in a guillotine. And they were like, take the mark, take the mark. And she's like, no, I will not. I will not take the mark. And they kept threatening her. She's like, no, I'm not going to take the mark. And then she had a moment of doubt. She started getting scared of death. And she said, okay, okay, I'll take the mark. I'll take the mark. And then what you know, it's a, the, an earthquake happens or something, and the blade of the guillotine slips out, slips down, and chops her head off. And then the message that movie was telling was saying was, "Well, she's going to hell." <laughs> so anyway, I said all that to say I used to avoid revelation. Uh, I used to avoid revelation like the end of the world. But in, in Revelation three, chapter uh, I mean chapter three, verse fourteen, it says. These are the words of the Amen. These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. And he's speaking to, uh, well, here they put it as, you know, he's writing to a church, a group of people in Laodicea. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Now, Laodicean or Laodicean, if you were somebody calls you that, they refer saying that you're lukewarm. So he's saying he's talking to people that are lukewarm, wishy-washy. He says, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. <laughs> After all, you say I'm rich and I've grown wealthy and I don't need a thing. You don't realize that you're miserable, pathetic, poor, blind, and naked. So he's speaking. That's your I am, your imagination, the truth, the beginning of God's uh, word, God's creation. That's in you. That's who you are. That's your imagination. There are other words for it, but I like using that. I am the amen. I am the truth. And he's saying, it's saying, better to be cold or hot. Go all in or stay out of it completely. But don't do this wishy-washy stuff, this lukewarm stuff where you... Look to imagination and then go about your day looking at circumstances and taking your cue from that, from what the circumstances tell you. I've been there. I'm sure you have too, especially when you first started doing this. 
you know, you you do what Neville says or what some some other teacher says. You do the right, you're right, the procedure that's good for you that you like to do. You enter into imagination. You enter that state of your wish fulfilled. Oh, I got it. And then you're back out there freaking out, reacting to circumstances and never really moving. You move and then you're back. You move and then you move back. It's a step forward and a step back. You know, you're just lukewarm. I've totally been there. Totally. Some things have always been easy. You know, I just decide, assume something is done and it's done. And then other things like money, that was, that seems to be from when I talk to people, that's the money and health. Uh, of course, I've talked to people about relationships too. So I think for each person, there might be something that they imagine is hard for them. Money is hard to imagine for. It's easy for health, but money is hard. And that was me. I was, I easily, I assumed I was healed. And six days later, I put up the wheelchair for good. Easy. But then, I, even then, I remember thinking, oh, but money's harder. Money's harder to, to change. Why? Why is money, finances, why is that harder to change than going from permanent brain damage and a movement disorder, incontinence and twisting and, you know, just tr- twisted up like a pretzel like I was to no more symptoms whatsoever? How is that easier than money? But we, we create the mass of our problems. We give each problem meaning, whatever it is. We imagine it's a problem. So some, may, some of you may think like me, well, money's hard. Some of you may think, well, sh- shoot, Mike. Health is hard and money is hard. It's all hard, damn it. <laughs> It's no harder than you imagine it is. But like this verse is talking about, it's calling us out to not be lukewarm. Don't try imagination. Try moving in consciousness and then drifting right back out into reacting to the circumstances. There are a number of verses in the Bible that talk about that, about going all in buying the pearl, looking in the mirror and seeing you, seeing yourself, the the self you want to be, the self you are now being, and then turning away and then forgetting your, your face. That's exactly what this is. It's being lukewarm. You enter a state and then you forget because things come up. Uh, for me, I noticed it was out of habitual habit you know, I like, let's, let's just take money. Okay, I've entered the state of financial freedom or prosperity, whatever you want to call it. And then, uh, and I've noticed over time, I started noticing, like, wait a second. Why do I feel, you know, stuff isn't changing? Why am I not seeing change? I know what goes on within me, what I am in me, what I am is what I see reflected, what I experience. So why does this continue to happen? And I've talked about this before. 
And I started noticing. I wanted to notice. So I decided I'm going to start paying attention and noticing what's going on. And so even though I entered a state of financial freedom, I noticed that I was still, you know, digging through the coupons and digging through ads and only going, you know, only buying good meat when it's uh, getting meat on sale is great. But I was shopping for just the cheap meat, you know, only buying it when it's cheap. So price was always the driver, the lowest price, not the quality. So my experience, how I was reacting to shopping, going grocery shopping, uh, how I was reacting to when my daughter, you know, came downstairs like, hey, you know, I know, sort of noticing, wow, I react quickly to that. I, I, I brace for her request for money. It's like, oh, crap, she's going to ask for money. So all these little things that were connected to my financial freedom, me entering the new state, but I'm still reacting to all these little things that I wasn't noticing that I was reacting to. So as I notice, and I I notice, oh, okay, this is how I used to feel. This is how I used to react, how I behaved at the grocery store or even thinking about the grocery store because that was the state I was in. I'm not, I've consciously moved to a different state. So when I noticed that now, I used to freak out about it. I'd get upset, and I've talked about this, get in that, the doom loop of frustration of getting bumped, and then like, oh, I didn't do it right. I got to go back home. I got to run back home and redo all this. No, just what I do is if I notice a reaction, oh, okay. And I bring up that truth, the amen. I bring up that feeling again. That knowingness that it's done. And that feeling, that other reaction, the old reaction dissipates. And I replace it easily because I'm not focusing on that, trying to beat that out of me. I'm just going, putting my eyes back on my desire fulfilled. And for me, that it wasn't like a one-time deal. That was... It took a. It was a number of times, a lot of times, where I was constantly okay. Nope, I'm still reacting to the old in, from the old state. That's okay. Hmm. It's like I'm gonna finish with this. I'm not going 40 minutes today. I promise. You know when you fell in love the first time, like go back to high school or whatever your first yo. Know, she loves me or he loves me. I'm in love. And so you go about your day. Oh, that's what you're thinking about. You're dwelling in this lovely, wonderful state. Oh, you know, I remember even now thinking about, you know, my relationship with Kim is the same thing. But let's t- go back to just that initial. Cause I think we can all remember that. Bring up those feelings. Remember that first love. Oh, the birds sounded prettier. The, the sky was more beautiful. Everything, every, your whole experience was different throughout the day and night. You went to sleep with a smile on your face. Ah, you awoke, you know, you get up in the morning, let's get the day going. You know, everything was different. You saw the world differently. And throughout the day, you continued to dwell in that state, that new, fresh love, wonderful feeling. 
for me, that's the way I see this. And when I move into a new state, I fall in love with that state. Not fall in love with the desperation of the wanting, but fall in love with the completion of it. I am in it already. And so I'm so in love with it. I'm so attached to it. I've become one with it. So I am thinking about it during the day. I used to avoid that. I used to think that that was bad. I used to think that if I'm thinking about it, then I'm still not in it. No, I see it differently now, that I can be in it and be thinking about it in wonderful ways and just dwelling in it, letting those feelings always be there. And then those other times when I react in a way that count, is counter to that, those drop off. It, it isn't as often. And the more you do it, the more you do it, and you stay in that state. Oh. You do become one with it. It becomes so natural that those things you used to react to completely drop away. They may go away completely at all, you know, go so far away you don't even see them anymore. But if something does come up that used to you to react to, your reaction is completely different. You see it completely differently. Just like when you first fall in love and everything's different. When you move into a new state, everything's different. And you dwell there and you continue to dwell there and tweak it. You're tweaking it all day. You know, you notice your reactions and your feelings. It's funny. I was, uh, knew I wanted to talk about this, the amen and this topic and being hot or cold and just sticking with it throughout the day. And then I watched Jill Noel's new lesson on her YouTube channel last night and she covers, uh, similar topic. She explains it in a completely uh, different way than I talk. I, she sounds very educated. <laughs> She's very well-spoken. Uh, I really enjoy the way she teaches. So check her out. It's uh, Jill Noel, N-O-E-L-L-E on YouTube. And on Instagram, it's a projected underscore receptor. So when you say amen, it's the feeling. It's the feeling of this is the truth. This is certain. You got this. I love you guys. This is Feeling Twisty.